Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. San Diego State has gone full George Costanza. The Brandar Group gets the Bush stiff arm. And we have hot or cold takes from you, the Jimmies and the Joes, all this and more on today's episode of The Three Technique, a college football podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmies and the Joes. I'm Mitch Mason, joined by Trey Reeves, Garrett Turney. Fellas, uh, we've got a big announcement to get to here in just a minute, but uh, we're recording this on July the 5th. How was How was the holiday? It was great. We all got to spend it together for a little bit, watching some fireworks here in the Metroplex. But always a great day to celebrate our country, celebrate, uh, you know, beating the British at anything. Uh, It's sure. we, <laughs> called soccer. It's uh, our country, and now uh, we get to celebrate every year. Yeah, no, there's very few things better than being able to sit in the back of a pickup truck and watch fireworks across, you know, the city, and you see all the different fireworks shows. There's few things better than that. Uh, you know, as you said, up on top of garage. So obviously that was a whole lot of fun to get to do with both of y'all. But Mitch, you might have undersold us a little bit. We don't have just one big announcement. We got a couple big things to talk about today. That's true. That's very, very true. Um, shout out to all the men and women who uh, keep our country safe, allow us to celebrate it on the 4th. But yeah, I mean, we can get right into it. We've got a couple of big announcements. Uh, we'll, we'll save one for just a little bit down the line, uh, get that read in. But Gentlemen, the Transfer Portal CFB Magazine is out. We are talking about 350-plus pages of content, all for the low, low price of $9.99. You can find it on the Transfer Portal CFB website, on their social media, on our social media. We've been retweeting it like crazy. Um, as of recording this, it's been live for just a couple of hours and the the orders are already rolling in which is a lot of fun we're seeing a lot of people shared on social media the feedback is rolling in guys without a doubt the most popular part is that we treated every single one of these teams the exact same they got the exact same amount of coverage it's a full spread for each and every team plus we have guest interviews grayson mccall keaton slovis the sickos committee wrote um it is a really really fun magazine and it is literally a third of the price of the rest of the preview magazines we've been working on this for months uh and it's really really cool to see it go live today awesome to see it go live awesome to see the feedback that we're already getting a lot of people are really excited to see coverage of their team i saw some usf fans some charlotte fans some you know we we got we literally covered all 133 fbs teams including sam houston and jacksonville state that are making the jump up this year so we uncovered deep archives of sports information departments. We turned over all the rocks so you don't have to, so you can know exactly everything about every t- team on your team's schedule this year and your own team too. We like to think that we did a really good job covering all these teams. And like you said, Mitch, it's a third of the price of some of these pre- other preview magazines that are doing things like giving UTSA the Conference USA and American Championship. 
not gonna not gonna name any names, but I'm sure you can find that out on the internet. That little flub that another famous uh, magazine did. We didn't do that, so um, we have that going for us. And yeah, give us a shot. I'm guaranteeing that you're gonna like it. And if you, even if you don't, it's ten bucks. Yeah, it's it's a better price. It's you know better work put into it. We did a much better job, I think, than some of these people did in terms of their research. Obviously, Trey, you mentioned that there, but you know, we we wanted to come across as you know knowing what we were doing. We wanted to come across as you know having done the research and made each team proud. So I, I think we've done a good job with it, um, and I'm, I'm excited to start digging into it. I haven't been able to really read through too much of it so far, but I'm excited to start digging in and reading some of these articles along with everybody else who should go out and buy it. Yeah, I've been using it as we prep for our ACC conference preview. That'll be the first one that comes out this next weekend. We're really excited about that. Um, Say that again are... for those of us in the back. Preview season starts next week, guys. It's oh, right. exciting. That's right. We uh, we we have adjusted the format just a little bit um, based on you know I think feedback from why what was wrong with last time year? around. Um, you know we're going <laughs> to shorten it up a little bit. It's it's not going to be the Library of Congress this year, but you will still know who's for real, who we think is a pretender. Um, you will know all the key players. It, I think we've 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 tweaked. We've been in the lab a little bit, tweaking the, the formula, and um, I like what we've come up with this year. Um, but like I was saying, if you guys are as excited for preview season for the magazine, you want to know about who some of our partners are, where you can get a discount. Spoiler, we'll talk about that in just a second. Head on over to our social media account, 3TechPod on Instagram, on Twitter, now on threads, I just made us a thread account. Uh, I'm, I'm not happy about it, but you know, if Elon's going to have trouble with the snap, we're going to have to go elsewhere. So literally anywhere there is social media at three tech pod, find us there. Also find us on YouTube, same address. Um, that's actually where we pulled the comment section for today's episode, hot or cold. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but fellas first, first up, we got to get into San Diego state going full George Costanza on the Mountain West Conference. Uh, if you live under a rock, if you are brand new to paying attention to the college football offseason, a couple of weeks ago, San Diego State wrote a letter to the Mountain West Conference saying, hey guys, uh, we're leaving and we're serving written notice because we want to go elsewhere. We would like a one-month extension on the deadline, which was June 30th, to declare that they have to leave formally. Uh, due to, quote, unforeseen circumstances, essentially saying we don't have an offer from another conference, but we will soon, so we'd like you to give us an extension. Um, the Mountain West told them to pound sand, uh, understandably so. <laughs> the buyout, uh, as San Diego State wanted it, would be 30, or I'm sorry, would be $17 million. Now it's, I can't remember if it's 34 or $36 million, but guys, over the 4th of July weekend, uh that deadline had obviously passed June 30th, and we got news that San Diego State essentially said, guys, hang on, we didn't withdraw from the conference. That wasn't a, a notice of withdrawal. That was just a letter that we sent to your headquarters saying we might withdraw. But no, we're Mountain West <laughs> members. We couldn't be more, more proud and happy to be here. And uh, once again, the Mountain West Conference seemingly has told them to pound sand. So... Gentlemen, where it stands right now, it looks like San Diego State is adrift for the 2024 academic and athletic season with with no home to go to. How big of a misstep is this from the Aztecs? 
It is a full Costanza. What? You took that seriously? You guys thought that that was real? Uh, yeah. We're back in on Monday morning and we're getting all the dirty looks. But why is Costanza here? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. This is incredible to follow, just the, the back and forth that we've seen here. Obviously, if you're San Diego State, you're lobbying as hard as you possibly can for a Big 12 or a Pac 12 offer. We've kind of gone back and forth on which one of those is more likely. It seems like the Pac-12 is more likely. Of course, the media rights deal is still up in the air. I saw Freezing Cold Takes retweet uh, this today that this is the one-year anniversary of the board of directors giving permission to seek a new media rights deal for the Pac-12. We are now officially one year into that. Still no deal. Uh, and we were and, promised the end of June. We yeah. were promised a decision by the end of June. It's coming, guys. It, it's coming really soon. Um, just ask any president of the Pac-12. It's coming really, really soon. Um, but I don't know what you do if you're San Diego State because your future is not in the Mountain West. That's not where you want to be. But it, you, you, no one's asked you out to the prom yet, right? You can't, you can't leave your old date in the dust when no one else has asked you out to the prom yet. So it, it's going to be really interesting. Do they have to play independent for one season while they get it figured out in 2024? Do they, you know, I, I don't know what, what that looks like. Does another conference, does Conference USA scoop them up for a year and just say, hey, we'll take you under our wings with no buyout fee just so you have a place to play? It's going to be fascinating to see. I'm just speculating here, but it's going to be fascinating to see what the Aztecs have to do. Yeah, I was going to say, Mitch, we did an episode a little while back about Conference USA and what they could do to fix their problems. This might be it. This might be the golden ticket they've been waiting for. <laughs> Come on, USA is just sitting behind the tree oh, yeah. getting ready to extend an invite. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, I think the, the story under the story here is that I don't think there's an angle where this is good for the Pac-12. Right. Because in my mind, I'm looking at it this way. The Pac-12 needs to do something or else, you know, they're they're going to sink pretty soon. And we'll talk about this in the comments section later. But uh, the, the comments have agreed with us when we talk about the Pac-12's impending doom. Um, so here's my issue. I really see this one of two ways. Either the Aztecs took off and they said, we're going to go check in with the Pac-12. And then they opened the door and they realized things are pretty bleak over there. I don't want to join this conference because I just saw behind the curtain and it turns out, you know, the wizard ain't all that cool. It's the, but, it's the TikTok audio. Is there another door? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Or here's the other thing. The other thing that might be worse is maybe they wanted to, to join and the Pac-12 said, nah, we don't need you. And that to me signals something worse. It tells me that the Pac-12 doesn't really know what they are. And they don't really know the situation that they're in. Because if I'm the Pac-12 and anyone wants to join my conference right now, I'm probably saying yes, just from a numbers perspective. Um, and, and trying to grab almost anybody I can, especially somebody in a Southern California market that fits your, your demographics and is already going to be close to where you're, you know, trying to play most of your sports anyways. I think it fits for a logistical reason. So kind of either way I look at this one, whether it was, you know, San Diego State who said no or the Pac-12 who said no, I think this signals sort of some doom and gloom for the Pac-12 and the USS Kleofka as we've been talking about it. It's, it's as tough a look, I think, as possible. I mean, combined with the fact that we still don't have a media rights deal. Um, it's San coming. Diego State. It's coming soon. Well, they keep, they keep saying that. That is what they're um, saying. You know, I, I, I worry that the USS Kleofkov is going to be at the bottom of the harbor by the time that we get uh, media rights deal, but um, 
it San Diego State didn't didn't send this letter to the Mountain West without an idea that they were going somewhere, right? Like this is this is the Sadie Hawkins dance that's gone horribly wrong, right? Like they thought they were gonna get asked out and and it it, it didn't happen. I mean, we came to the dance day, they had the bow tie on, and um, you know, they're they're gonna be stuck at home. So yep. I don't know there's so many ways this could go, right? I mean, like San Diego State could be independent. Right now they're staring down the barrel of being independent, which is a brutal scene because even if they are even if they didn't get into the Pac twelve, right, you're still getting some sort of rev share from from being in a conference. You're still getting some sort of, of media. Um Yeah, what network is picking up just San Diego State? athletic football games i don't i don't know K- i mean ktbx 12 in san diego i don't, I don't know man like, <laughs> maybe, maybe, the CW, the <laughs> maybe the cw swoops in and takes the Aztecs. I'm Ron um but yeah i mean the, the aztecs are in a world of hurt right now right uh i mean you know they're, they're walking in like we said on monday morning and the boss is going didn't you quit on friday like <laughs> What you know, and and they're they're claiming that oh, we're emotional. It didn't it didn't happen. It's fine. So I can't wait to see how this gets resolved. This is truly, it feels scripted. It feels it, it feels like this is some sort of a sitcom, and yet it's not. Um, I still think they probably find a way into the Pac-12. I think the timing's just gotten muddled up. But you know, then again, like I said. Um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe the Big 12 is going to be the winner in all this. They're going to swoop in and play White Knight, uh, you know, get to act the hero for for the Aztecs. Say, sure, you know, we'll take you uh, and and pick up another elite basketball brand, which we know that Brett Yormark has wanted to do. Uh, but yeah, really, really, man, if you're an Aztec fan, if you're if you're a San Diego State fan that was chirping us in the comments a couple of months ago about how san diego state to the pac-12 is already done we just were waiting word ah I, I mean i, I kind of need an update on that yeah, maybe That's, not as um, done as they thought it was yeah so it's a little raw in the middle still i think when we when we pulled it out and sliced <laughs> into it um is there a best case scenario for san diego state before we move on here geographically it has to be the pac-12 right i i think that's the best case scenario geographically from a long-term stability standpoint, it's definitely going to depend on who has the better media rights deal and where they're getting more money. And if the Big 12 were to swoop in, I think they're going to long-term be more stable than a Pac-12 that every, what, five years or so, even if they stay together this time, I don't think they're going to make the same decision that the ACC did and sign a 12, 13, 14-year media rights deal. So in five years, we could be having the same conversation, even if the Pac-12 survives this round of realignment. So Long-term, I think, stability-wise, it might be the Big 12. Geographically, it's definitely the Pac-12. I struggle, and look, this is maybe me not being as familiar with what the Aztecs have to offer. I'm sure those same people that you're talking about in our comments, Mitch, would just roast me for this take, but I struggle, if I'm either conference, why I would offer San Diego State at this point. I... If you're the Big 12, there's bigger fish that you can go out to catch, and San Diego State is always going to be there. If you're the Pac-12, I think it makes you look pretty desperate to your TV partners if you are still if you're still trying to get that nailed down. So for me, if I'm either of those conferences, I'm saying, sorry, bud, I don't know why you did that, but you kind of made your bed and you have to lie in it. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think their best case is probably the Big 12 and just hoping that the Big 12 wants to play the numbers game and that they don't really necessarily care about the markets being huge and the brands being huge. Um, I, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I know that, you know, you kind of talked about the whole, you know, basketball angle um, and maybe bringing in UConn or someone like that as well. But, man, you just – if you're San Diego State, you got to hope that somebody's willing to take you at this point because, uh, yeah, <laughs> the situation's a little bit bleak and – you're hoping that you're not going down next to the USF Kleofkopf. Not on, but just next to as, as sort of one of those like little lifeboats that's starting to capsize because, you know, you don't have a bigger conference to, to go down with. Guys, San Diego State, they need a they need a helping hand. They need a care package. Um, they need something. Speaking of care packages, guys, I think it's time to unveil that second big surprise. Amazing we, segue. We have teamed up with Home Field uh, in collaboration with the Transfer Portal CFB, the Preview Magazine. Uh, we have uh, talked it out, come to terms uh, to affiliate ourselves with Home Field. Home Field, of course, the premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They're committed to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. You guys uh, know them. You love them. If you're on Twitter.com, you see their weekly releases, the designs that they have, the, the vintage colors and, and schemes that they come up with are, are just the best. They've got a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from, including your favorite teams. Homefield's dedicated to delving into the archives and history of each school, discovering unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. They also happen to be some of the most comfortable shirts, hoodies, jackets, that you'll ever put on Trey Gary. I know you guys can both attest to that. Uh, listeners of our pod get 10% off their order when they use code three tech pod at checkout with kickoff fast approaching check out Homefield's entire game day collection for whichever school you root for at homefieldapparel.com and use code three tech pod for your special discount guys. This is, this has been, uh, this has been a prize. The, the crown jewel, I think of, of apparel sponsorships we've we've talked about this since the beginning of the podcast our goal one of our goals was to affiliate with home field and to uh you know do some work on behalf of that great brand as we continue to build our brand and that day is here i'm really really excited about it you guys just put in orders uh for a couple of t-shirts as well um i mean it's it's a great day it's a great day to be a, a jimmy and joe you get a discount now on home field apparel, it's a great day for us to align ourselves with with such a fun brand. Oh yeah, I've been a home field believer for a very long time, and if you're thinking, you know, I may, maybe they don't have my team. I bet you they do. I bet they have, you know, everything from the top of the top of the college football world, Alabama, Georgia, um, anybody in the SEC, Big Twelve, all the way down to like Colorado School of Mines, DePaul. I have a lawyer. Hey, the lawyer diggers, baby. Yeah, I have a Loyola Chicago basketball shirt that I love wearing and get a lot of comments on every time I wear it. So big believer in this company. I love what they're doing. I'm so excited to partner with them. Yeah, honestly, some of the best of the best. Uh, it was tops on my Christmas list last year. It'll be top of my Christmas list again this year. Um, it's just it's some great stuff, except I guess this time we get a code to go with it, too. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, get our package in from the mail you know get our get our new stuff that we're gonna have and hopefully get to you know share a little bit of the love with you guys too that's right that's right big big things happening here uh we're excited to be affiliated with home field again 
homefieldapparel.com. Use code 3TECHPOD to get a discount off of your entire order. Gentlemen, uh, with that, more good news in the world of EA College sports and specifically the football video game. We've cataloged this entire process since the beginning when the game was announced. Uh, most recently, the Brandar Group announced that they were suing EA Sports, basically, and then filing a restraining order against them in a California district court, alleging that uh, EA is violating their agreement by um, going around the Brandar Group when it comes to negotiating a group settlements with players. The $500 to opt in, have your likeness be in the game, no royalties. Brandar Group saying, no, 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 we should be the ones that are negotiating that. Good news, though. Uh, we we painted the downside of this, the seemingly bleak realities, the thunderclouds rolled in, that if that was deemed legitimate, that EA might be in trouble. And the timeline of the game, at the very least, could be pushed back. California District Court said, no, no, no. We're playing the game, baby. They struck down the restraining order, uh, and the Brandar Group is back to square one. I don't know what their next move will be, but right now, as it sits... July 5th, 2023, this time next year, we should be loading up EA College Football 2024, and we should have player likeness in the game. Man, best thing to come out of California in the college football world since Reggie Bush. It's a victory for college football fans. It's a victory for America, guys, on this July Amen. 4th week. It, we, we have been waiting for this for a really long time. We have been waiting patiently, using mods on... 11 year old video games and you know just making do with the scraps of generations past and this is a good day this is a really really good day for college football fans as much as we were lamenting it when we talked about this a couple shows back like flip the script this is awesome i'm so excited that we're just moving forward and getting rid of the middlemen that are trying to hold us up and steal our joy Exactly, Trey. Couldn't have said it better. And this is really good because this wasn't for sure. We didn't know that we were definitely going to get this. We talked about it a couple episodes ago, and you know, contrary to some guys on Twitter, there was real jeopardy that this game might not happen. But you know, thank you, California District Court, for making sure that you stood up for the right thing. And now we're going to get to uh, get to play this game and, and get it hopefully on schedule, and that nothing's been delayed on the EA side because I know that you know sometimes getting EA to release a game is like pulling teeth, but. You know, it's it's hopefully going to come out just on time and we'll have exactly what we've been waiting for. Yeah, I, I mean, Christmas Day, Christmas in July for uh, for college football fans. Not much more news on that front as of yet, but I, I think just taking a moment to recognize, to celebrate, timeline's intact right now. And, uh, you know, this, this decade plus now long wait may be coming to an end. We, we for sure are seeing light at the end of the tunnel, which is... Which is really, really exciting, guys. Um, without any further ado, Garrett, this is this is the segment cut off. On to the next. We reached the PS resistance for this episode. Hot or cold takes from you, the Jimmies and the Joes. We went to the comment section of our YouTube channel, uh, which has been growing incredibly quickly as of late. The comment section is booming. We're fostering a lot of conversation there. Uh, if you like conversation... Head on over to our YouTube. Get get stuck in in the con uh, in the comment section, uh, gentlemen. We 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 talked about big games, big non conference games that are coming down the pipe in a article that we wrote for the transfer portal uh, website. And without a doubt, the biggest non conference game I think on my radar is Texas versus Alabama. 
course there were going to be comments on this. Uh, Garrett, I'll turn it over to you here. We've got three listed out of out of the three that that we've got on this run sheet here. Uh, which one did you did you just get drawn to and think, ah, we got to put this one in? Well, so first thing that I want to say is if you are going to comment on our YouTube videos, there's a really good chance I'm replying to you. Um, I, I do run the comments there and I will absolutely respond to you. We will talk back and forth. Even if you're going to troll me, I'll still probably find something else to say. Um, as one of the people under that Texas versus Bama video uh, got to find out. So um, to, to give context for the conversation we had over there and why these comments came up, I had said that I thought that this game, Texas versus Alabama, was going to be the legacy game for Quinn Ewers. It was going to determine if he was the starter going forward, if he was going to reach that level of glory. That Texas Longhorns quarterbacks, you know, they can only dream to reach like, you know, Vince Young and Colt McCoy. Who's going to be the next one, right? And I had said that Texas fans at the half, if they're down by 14, we'll probably be calling for someone like Arch Manning because that's what Texas fans tend to do. You go to the next highly rated quarterback and everybody else. But apparently between the time that I did that and said all those things uh, and the time that people were commenting on this video, there is that picture of all the Texas quarterbacks not wearing any shirts. Uh, and that went viral on Twitter. And so everyone all of a sudden became enamored with Malik Murphy, which to be fair, he's a great quarterback. Um, but these comments, they come in the context of basically saying that I'm dumb for not thinking that Malik uh, is the next guy up. Um, I, I like uh, this one here. It says, no, they will be shouting for Malik Murphy, LOL. He would be the starter for Bama and most other teams. Put some respect on Malik. Now, to be clear, I respect Malik Murphy. I think that he's got a great arm. I think he's got awesome arm talent. There's no questioning that. I don't think that you can question he's got a strong arm. He can put the ball in a good spot. There's a lot of other things that makes a quarterback besides having a strong arm. I'm still waiting to see what his development looks like. I'm not rooting against him. He, he hasn't necessarily flashed athletically. I don't think that he's necessarily proven that he's going to be a real threat to run uh, on a consistent basis. Um, and, you know, maybe he does end up playing at Texas. Maybe he would start at most other teams in the country. I kind of doubt it. I think that he'd start for a lot of teams, but probably not most and probably not, you know, the way that a lot of people are talking about, he's going to start at 90% of the other cut. No, probably not 90% of the places. There's a reason why, you know, most of those guys take their guys and end up starting their people. So I don't know. Am I, am I totally off on these takes on the Longhorn video? So we want to rate these right on a scale of freezing cold to scorching hot, right? And right. I, this is way more on the freezing cold end for me. Um, <laughs> Look, every fan base, the bet, who's the most popular player on every campus? The backup, backup quarterback. quarterback. QB2 is always the most popular player on any campus. He can't do any wrong because he's not in the game. And look, Malik Murphy comes with a lot of recruiting pedigree. He was a highly rated guy coming out of high school, coming out of California. I have no doubt that he is a very talented quarterback. And you're right, Gary, he would start for a lot of other programs. I'm sure that he could solve the quarterback problem for a lot of schools. But don't you think if he was starting for 90% of college football programs that he wouldn't have left and found another opportunity last year in the transfer portal, especially with Arch Manning coming in? Like th this talk that he would start for Alabama – he would just be another guy. He'd be the sixth guy competing for that job at Alabama. Like he's not, you can't sit here on July 5th and say that 
he is better than any of the guys that Alabama has definitively from what we've seen from him so far in college. So yeah, the, the take that he would start for Alabama, absolutely not. He, he would be in the competition, but he would not definitively be the starter sure. for Alabama right now. He's not head and shoulders above that. Because uh, if he was, what? why are we even giving Alabama a chance in this game? Like if the QB2 at, Al- at Texas would undoubtedly be the starter at Alabama, why are we even giving Alabama a chance in that game? Great question for Vegas. Uh, certainly, <laughs> my, my whole point with Malik Murphy, I, yeah, he's a physical freak. Uh, he looks like Predator with his shirt off, but he's been hurt uh, in, in whatever part of his career he's had at, at Texas so far. He's never been healthy. So to just say, yeah, based off of a high school, you know, a high school rating and promises of what he can do. Um, and then, you know, off-season workouts, I, I agree. That is a, a fairly cold take. I, I think we've, I think we missed the point, though. The the whole argument, the whole thing that we brought up was that if Quinn is struggling, Texas is going to clamor for their next savior, right? Whether Malik Murphy is QB2 on the depth chart or not, there will undoubtedly be Texas fans that say Arch Manning is the guy that needs to go in right now. You can't dispute that. There are people that were calling for Arch Manning to be the starter before he was even on campus in Austin. So to, you know, to, to say, well, no, of course not. You guys don't know the depth chart. It would be Malik Murphy. Of course we can read a depth chart. Uh, But, but the whole idea is that this is a big game for Quinn Ewers, because if not, if he doesn't perform, he's going to lose the Texas fan base. Um, I think despite what our YouTube comment section would say, historically, the moment something goes wrong, not just at Texas, at any blue blood program, right? The moment something goes wrong, Cade McNamara at Michigan was winning football games and his fan base wanted him out there and and JJ McCarthy in his place. And and ultimately that's what ends up happening. Right. So it's not unique to Texas. It's, it's not unique to. If Kyle um, McCord struggles in the first couple games against, I can't remember who they open with. They're going to be clamoring for whoever's their backup there. So, or whoever is comes in second in that job. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's every blue bud program is this way. The most popular player on every campus is QB two. Well, and it'll be a little bit louder because it's Texas, right? Texas gets a lot of the media hype. They get a lot of the attention, and that's fine. They they get that, but that's the problem that comes with it is, you know, it's going to sound like you're being the one who's whining because your fan base is just louder overall, right? It's just the fact that your fan base overall is going to get a lot more attention and the good and the bad that comes with it. And I said this in the comments as well. Look, every fan base has those fans. I'm not picking on all Texas fans, saying that all Texas fans are dumb and they're going to all call for the backup. But a lot of them are. They're going to call for the backup. There's a lot of the Twitter guys who want to play tough and they they hide behind the you know the fake pictures and the you know the alt accounts and everything else. And they say, oh, this is this terrible. It's going to be arch time soon. Well, if you switched it to Malik Murphy because he took his shirt off and he looks like a freaking Adonis, then like that's kind of just the same thing, right? It's kind of just the same thing. There's another comment. It says, I'm a Lifehorn Longhorn fan, and I think your insight is right on Quinn, except you're forgetting about the best quarterback on the roster. If Quinn goes down, six foot five, Malik Murphy will step in without fear and take all of the hype out of the Arch bandwagon and name recognition fan club hook'em. So you have no you have no faith in your coaching staff then 
If that's right. truly what you believe, you have no faith in your coaching staff to play the best players. Because if he's the best quarterback on campus, why is he not starting? Then you should be calling for Sark's head for playing, you know, perceived highly more sure. highly recruited guys than the actual best player. So you're, you're tying yourself in a knot there, buddy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's, um, you know, listen, uh, Texas has a lot of hopes. They've got, a, they've got a great roster this year. I think if they get the quarterback spot right, um, they have a chance to be really, really yeah. good this year. They have a chance to win a Big 12 championship. Uh, another team that has a brand-new quarterback, um, they, they, they believe that Sam Hartman is going to be drastically improved this season. I'm talking about Notre Dame. Uh, we got a comment the other day. Uh, guys, questioning how much research uh, we had done based off of our, our Sam Hartman spot the other day. Um, basically, this comment mentioned that you know Sam had a mediocre offensive line. He didn't have a running game. All of that's fixed at Notre Dame. Uh, as far as the defense goes with your just throw it up comment, Morrison got just a little playing time, and he shut down both of your top dudes, and Cam Hart was injured. So this will be a dogfight. Uh, again, this is talking about Notre Dame and Ohio State. Guys, for me, this has got to be a freezing cold take. Um, to just assume because you have a better offensive line and better weapons that the quarterback play, the quarterback accuracy specifically in this situation improves, doesn't seem like the most airtight logic to me. I think our whole argument was Sam's a gunslinger. Uh, and yes, Wake Forest offensive line not great last year now he had some weapons to throw to i think at perry would like a word with you if you're saying that wake forest didn't have guys to throw the football um downfield to listen wake forest running game not elite understandable that doesn't change the fact that hartman at times has a tendency to throw right into the chest of the wrong jersey um i think our whole argument here was that to simply assume that because a guy like Hartman is going to air it out, has a strong arm, has made some wonderful throws throughout his career compared to some of the quarterbacks that Notre Dame has had where it looks like their pocket presence, their downfield passing, their just general awareness has lacked. Sam Hartman is certainly an upgrade over that, but sometimes he's got a little too much of that dog in him. I think that was our argument here. I, for me, this is a freezing cold take to, to simply assume because you upgrade the offensive line, because you upgrade the wide receivers, your accuracy 
automatically goes up. Thoughts? Yeah, and it's freezing cold because there was a weird assumption in there that we were Ohio State fans. He says, That's as true. far as the defense goes, you just throw it up comment. God does a little play now. He shut down both your top dudes. I don't know if I've ever been accused of being an Ohio State fan before. I mean, I guess add I'll take that list. one. I'll add that one to the list. But look, guys, we're not a fan of either of these teams. We're not saying that, oh, my gosh, we love the Buckeyes. Notre Dame doesn't stand a chance, blah, blah, blah. We actually said that Sam Hartman might be one of the best quarterbacks they've had there in a long time and that he might be the best since, you know, Oh, a while ago. And so, you know, I don't think that that holds a whole lot of water. The comment about just chuck it up and whatever, that does talking about the fact that Ohio State has probably two of the best three wide receivers right now in college football. And yeah, you're going to have to kind of just chuck it up against most teams if things aren't going well. And you can kind of trust those guys to come down with the football. It's not going to work against Notre Dame if you're just chucking it up because, yeah, they have great players. What we were saying is that, yeah, that's going to work for probably most of the season when they're playing inferior competition. But when they play really good defenses, it's going to be about if the quarterback for the Buckeyes, you know, if it's McCord or whoever else it turns out to be, he's going to have to play really, really well and not just throw it up to receivers. That's what we were saying. And, and, I don't see why that's such a big problem. Yeah, Sam Hartman, he's not going to magically fix everything for Notre Dame. He's going to make them better. He just might also frustrate you, right? For every gunslinger quarterback, the immediate comparison is Brett Favre. Brett Favre was a really good quarterback. Brett Favre also threw some dumb interceptions that made you want to pull your hair out. So, you know, that's that's what comes with the territory of a gunslinger quarterback. There's going to be some great plays. He's going to make some plays that have you going, how did he do that? And he's going to make some plays that make you ask, why did he do that, right? This, it comes with the territory, so I, I don't get it. It's freezing cold to me. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. Notre Dame's going to be competitive. We never argued anything against it. I'm going to defend our guy here because, guys, I find myself getting more and more excited about Notre Dame this year. And I don't think that's a word that I've been able to use to describe my feelings about Notre Dame football in quite some time, even the years that they were, (laughs) you know, looking like they could compete for a college football playoff spot. I wouldn't necessarily describe myself as excited, but man, I think this is a fire take. I'll, I'll say it. Like, I I think we need to tap the brakes a little bit on cementing Sam Hartman's status as just a gunslinger who throws the ball up for grabs often, because last year, if you look at his game logs, a lot of those interceptions, and also remember that this guy, you know, battled just crazy circumstances last year uh, before the season even started. He's yeah. really, you know, battled back from a lot of stuff. His TD to interception ratio is almost three to one for his career. And those interceptions typically, you know, come in bunches when the team is already down. Late in games. Late in games. He's chucking up. He's trying to make something happen. It, you look at last year, he had six interceptions over the course of two weeks against Louisville and NC State. Those were games where just nothing was going right. You take those out, he threw for 34 touchdowns and six picks last year if you take out those two games. So, I don't know, man. I Sam Hartman is the most exciting quarterback we've seen for the Fighting Irish in quite some time. I said since Brady Quinn on the last episode, I stand yep. by that. And... Notre Dame's always just kind of been a big playmaker at quarterback away, and they finally have a proven playmaker. I'm excited for the Irish this year. They have a tough, exciting schedule with some of the teams that they have on there, Ohio State, USC, 
Um, a lot of really fun games. I don't know, man. They've got a defense that can help out Sam Hartman a little bit more than Wake Forest defense. <laughs> They've got a run game that can they can lean on when they need to, so he doesn't have to make these big heroic plays all the time. I think this is going to be a match made in heaven. Now, you make a lot of good points. Um, you know, I think the the counter, and and maybe it's not a counter necessarily, but I think it is at the very least an admission. Um, no matter what side of the fence you are, you're on with Sam Hartman. When it's late in games, when he needs a drive, whether it's to come back or to spark a rally, that's when he does tend to throw his interceptions. That's yeah. when he does tend to, to sail a ball, right? Um, you know, 26, 31, uh, 33, 41 interceptions thrown for Sam Hartman. It's not an egregious tally. Um, I'm not, I don't, I certainly wouldn't say like, hey, you flip a coin and sometimes you're going to get a touchdown. Sometimes you're going to get an interception. The The worry that I have with Sam Hartman is it always is lurking, right? Um, it, it does feel like when you need a score, when you need a drive, he sometimes can throw it right to the wrong jersey. Um, now, some of that may be allevi- alleviated by a better offensive line. I mean, heck, having Joel Alt protecting your blind side, big win for Sam Hartman, a guy who would love some stability in the pocket. Um, he certainly bounced off the ground a lot when he was a Demon Deacon. So I agree. Notre Dame is very, very exciting. He's going to be a big reason why Notre Dame has a chance to beat Ohio State. Um, I am I'm willing to be a little bit behind on the Sam Hartman for Heisman, Sam Hartman for, you know, Notre Dame into the college football playoff hype. Uh, just because I watched, I watched some critical situations go the other way uh, on his arm. That Louisville game, boy, that was one of the most unfortunate. It was like what five turnovers in a row yeah. uh, against Louisville. That oh was God, yeah. that was a tough sequence. Not all of them, Sam Hartman. Right, it, it, that it, was it, just it, a comedy of errors for Wake. That <laughs> truly was a comedy. But for every game point. like that, you have the Clemson game last year where he goes, you know, into Death Valley and yeah. just balls out and takes Wake Forest against a much more talented Clemson team. Sure. I think double or triple overtime that game was. He throws six touchdowns and is just, yeah. you know, can't miss. So, I don't know, guys. I, I Maybe the Sam coin is what I got to invest in on the ground floor while it's a, <laughs> it's a little penny stock here. Yeah, well, hey, high boomer bust potential here, right? He's got one more year left to, to make your fortune. So, I think if you're going to invest, now is now is the time now to throw your shekels on. Uh, we talked about conference realignment earlier. We've got a couple of comments that that go back there. Um, one of them, guys, San Diego State is a sleeping giant. USC, UCLA, and the rest of the Pac-12 know that. So contrary to Pac-12 not getting anything out of San Diego State, guys, they're actually afraid of San Diego State joining. Um, San Diego State has four Heisman Trophy winners. Let that sink in, is, is what one viewer says. Hot or cold take on the Pac-12 actually not wanting San Diego State to join because they're they're afraid of that. I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think that USC and um, UCLA and other schools with the history that those schools have are really scared of any other programs this side of the that side of the Mississippi. Um, I mean, Big Ten members, USC and UCLA. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
come on. Like, what, what, are, we, what are we talking about here? Whomst, whomst among you is, is proposing that San Diego State is the sleeping giant? I mean, this guy is. I'd, I'd love to know if there's a community of y'all out there. Um, Aztec Nation, stand up. Please, please message us. I would love to know more about this sleeping giant. So um, I'm guessing he means the San Diego metropolitan area has produced four Heisman winners, right? Because San Diego State has never had a Heisman Trophy winner, to my knowledge. That's what he's got to be talking about. Um, I know they I have a lot of talent down there. Like Marshall yeah. Falk, I think, is from yeah. San Diego. I think, um, trying to think of some, Marcus Allen, I believe, uh, from USC back in the 80s yep. is from San Diego. But uh, San Diego State, the Aztecs themselves do not have a Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. Rashad Penny had a fun season a few years ago. People were saying that he should, yeah. but... Yeah, we we got to work on the the phrasing there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't I don't know that San Diego State being a sleeping giant is necessarily a freezing cold take because they could be really good with some more resources. I mean, they're certainly planted in the right area. Any program with enough money poured into it can become a power, right? Like if right. they're in the right area and they or they and or they have enough money and resources poured into it, they can be competitive and they can make some noise yeah i just i think that the take that that's why they weren't being added was because usc and ucla are scared number one i mean they're heading out the door but i mean number two the fact that they'd be scared of the pac-12 or that other pac-12 schools you know, like oregon's up there you know shaking in their boots because the aztecs are coming to town I, I don't know if that's I, I don't know if that's uh you know that that's freezing cold for me that's that's not the best take in the world well, if you don't like that one, how about this one? The Big 12 should just go huge and get San Diego State, Fresno State, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Memphis, and UConn split into two divisions, keep a nine-game schedule, and no cross-division opponents in football. Guys, we've got like two conferences inside one super conference, and no one's going to play each other, but it's going to be a heck of a time. This is a hot take for me. This is this would be revolutionary. <laughs> it would be so fun. The only thing I'll add is let's get some relegation and promotion in there, right? Yeah. Like let's get let's get a Big Twelve A and a Big Twelve B, and like they can bring in Conference USA if they want, and make a third division, and just that would be awesome. Then get put sure. some TV money on the line. Come on, like I, I would tune into that every single week. Yeah, this is scorching hot. I absolutely want that to happen. I think I replied as much saying that would be super fun. And, you know, that kind of looks like the NFL at that point. So now you kind of have a a Big 12, NFC, AFC type of situation. Maybe you could use like legends and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, you can just come up with, you know, whatever division name you want to call it. And, and yeah, have a mega conference. You know, say, hey, you thought that the SEC and the Big Ten were on their way up. Here's 30 teams. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> give me Boise State. Give me you know all the teams I can think of that have anything relevant on the football field or on the basketball court. Just give me all the teams. Just give me all of them. I want your, all of your teams. Your marks creating the real USFL is, exactly. is what I'm doing right there. I'm telling um, you, Big 12 Premier League, Big 12 Championship, Big 12 League One. Who says no? Uh, get them all. <laughs> I out. don't say no. Come on. Can we can we have them kick off on Saturday mornings too? Like, can we get that out of the way? Yes, right. Saturday kicks. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Boy, some mad tailgaters if that were to happen. <laughs> um, fellas, let's round it out with this from the SEC schedule release. We had a couple of fans weigh in. 
Uh, one as an Aggie fan, one as a Gator fan. Um, let's start with the Gator fan, of course. Florida notoriously gets the hardest schedule known to humankind for 2024. Uh, this guy says, I'm fine with a tough schedule this season, uh, and I believe he's talking about next season as well, because we're starting from scratch. We're going to have a lot of kinks to work out and work through. I'm sure uh, by the time we're putting it all together, we'll be much more competitive. Our schedule will even out, and we will be playing a hard schedule to begin with. Um, so, okay. The whole this this says basically I think time heals all wounds <laughs> and time prepares us for all schedules. Um listen, that's what you gotta hope on if you're a if you're a Florida fan, right? I don't know that this is a hot or a cold take necessarily. I think this is just the voice of the Gator people. Um you have got to pray that Billy Scared Money Don't Make Money Napier recruits his butt off this season, which oh by the way, that momentum has come to a screeching halt. Um, they're losing a couple of commits. The offensive line is not looking good. Um, you've got DJ Lagway coming in next year, but you know to say that a true freshman is going to weather that storm and everything's going to be okay, I think that might be the real hot take, that everything's going to be okay, that, that Gator fans are going to be fine with potentially getting the doors beat off them maybe late this season and then all through 2024 that that might be the one that we circle the wagon back on you know come late october um you know week five of next year and go you guys are you guys okay you know do a little do a little welfare uh, welfare check i think it's you know we we got to define what okay means because are we trusting the process and are we holding <laughs> on to recruits and are we not having a mass exodus from the transfer portal mid-season I don't think the Florida fan base, I don't think the temperature is going to be very okay. It's easy to say that right now when you look at the schedule on paper and say, oh, we got all these recruits coming in. Those guys are going to be true freshmen. Ask A&M how that went last year where their greatest recruiting class ever was all true freshmen against a brutal schedule. Do you really think the Florida fan base is going to be okay if they finish year three under Billy Napier? Let's just say four and eight with losses to Georgia Florida State, Miami, and UCF. You think would, he's going to survive that? Sting. Oh, and Florida State. So you have a chance to lose to every in-state opponent next. And time. Georgia, and Tennessee, and uh, yeah, like the list could keep going. Like you could legitimately go zero and five in traditional rivalry games or in-state rivalry games, right? Do you think Napier survives that? Because I think Gainesville the temperature is going to be extremely hot. If he doesn't have literally the number one recruiting class signed in 24 and 25. Yeah, this is the fan base optimism take. This is just the, if I'm thinking as optimistically as I can about my own fan base, this is as good as it's going to be because, yeah, guys, if if things go that poorly, I don't think the Florida fans are going to be okay. I don't think they're going to be okay at all with, you know, getting beat up all year. And, like, you'd like to think that they would manage their expectations and say, hey, we have a really tough schedule, one of the toughest schedules of all time. Well, but That's I love that they kind, of, they kind of are, right? They kind of are managing their expectations a little bit. They're saying, you know, no one's saying that they're going to win the national championship and run yeah, the table no. in 24. Um, I, I think even winning a bowl game or making it to a bowl game in 2024 with that schedule and who they should have in, on campus would be a great accomplishment. It seems like they are managing those expectations I just don't know that they'll hold on to that when it's actually happening. 
Right. Because that, that's the thing is, right, you have to be able to not just set your expectations at the beginning of the season, but remember them throughout the season. You have to be able to say, I said this at the beginning of the year, and now that we're in the middle of it, I'm sticking to it. Right. You have to be able to stick to the fact that it's supposed to be a bad year. And then when you go out and you win a game early, right, and your freshman quarterback looks really good, he's, he's you know, over there, oh, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm the new guy. I put up huge numbers. When your quarterback goes out there and does really well, and then the next week, you know, puts up an egg, you know, it, it's, it's, you have to keep your expectations from the beginning of the season. You have to be able to stick to it. And if you're a Florida fan, that's probably your biggest challenge right now because I think of all the impatient fan bases, Florida's probably going to be one that you can accuse of being up at the very top of that list. They haven't been very patient with a couple coaches in a row. Why is Billy Napier different? I don't know. I can't tell you why he's distinctively different uh, in this situation. So hopefully they can manage their expectations and stay there. They've been looking for an Urban Meyer ever since he left. It's optimistic, yeah. Well, first of all, hey, I applaud the optimism. We College football needs more of it, to be yeah. quite honest, because this, you know, we as a fan base for any school tend to be way too pessimistic uh, and, and burn the boats, you know, week one, right? Um, so I applaud this fan for saying, you know what? We're going to take our lumps so that's going to be okay. <laughs> and everything's going to be fine. And Sunday yeah. morning will show up. It's just very like old it always school does. mindset. That, that's how, you know, college football used to be that people would trust the process and not yeah. run a guy out of town after three years. Well, and, and to be fair, if forged in the fire is a thing, this is a perfect example of where it should happen. If, it, if you're going to forge your team in the fire and everyone's going to come together through adversity, Great schedule to do it on. That, that is one heck of a recruiting pitch. If, if that's working, hey, come get, get the brakes beat off you your freshman and sophomore years, but you're going to be forged in the flames of success. <laughs> um, you know, hey, there might be some yeah. there might be some merit to it. That's what we're hoping our team does, right? I mean, last year didn't go great. So speaking of our team, uh, Texas A&M fan weighs in. Speaking of the 2024 schedule right this will be a&m's number one recruiting class and their junior year with the easiest schedule they'll ever see playoffs are expanded it's the best shot they will ever have to make the playoffs in context the only other shot that they had to make the playoffs was back in 2020 the covid season the whole drama with notre dame you know playing in the acc championship game getting blown out and still making the college football playoff that's closest the Texas A&M has ever come finishing fifth in the country uh, in the playoff era. Now we get 12 teams for the 2024 schedule. The A&M schedule is without a doubt one of the easier ones, if you can call any SEC schedule easy, um, comparatively. I think this listener makes a good point, right? It was one that we talked about. This number one recruiting class, yes, it's not the full class uh, after a number of transfers out. But the core of that class is still intact. When you talk about the trenches, you talk about wide receivers, um, you talk about the safeties that they brought in. Basically, every cornerback except for for Denver Harris, who's now at LSU, is there. Stack on top of that, it wasn't a part of that video, but what AM's doing in recruiting right now, um, they have the ninth best class. They're you know trying to bring in more. Uh, we're, we're being told that, that more guys are on the way. They just... Had a five-star commit over the holiday weekend. So for Jimbo, 
any sort of disappointment, which to me is not making an expanded college football playoff, not being one of the top 12 teams. And I know it's not exactly the top 12 teams, but for all intents and purposes, the top 12 teams in the country, I think that might spell doom for his stint at A&M. But that being said, I agree with this, that this is probably A&M's best chance to make a playoff run is next year. Yeah, that's a, that's a fire take. It will be A&M's best chance to make the playoff. And you're absolutely right. It, for as far as an SEC schedule can go, avoiding Alabama and Georgia, sign them up, right? Like that any team in the SEC would sign up for a schedule that avoids Alabama and Georgia, no matter who else is on that schedule. They, they I think, will host Texas, host LSU, you know, have the Arkansas game at Jerry World. What's their toughest road game in that in that stretch? Florida, maybe uh, Ole Miss. Like I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so he's absolutely right. That is, it's basically a now or never moment for Jimbo in 2024. Look, we have all of 2023 to see how he navigates. Right, 2023 could be, you know, an Aggie Renaissance, or it could be an epic disaster where everything just falls apart and we're just, you know, picking up the pieces in 2024 again. But I don't know. Yeah, 2024 feels like a now or never moment. Yeah, and now or never, especially because of two other factors. Number one, this is when all of those top-rated guys are juniors and pretty much auditioning for the NFL draft because that's the first year they'd be eligible to leave. So all those top playmakers who want to go put on good draft film and see where they could go make millions next year, that's their first chance to do it. They should all be super inspired to go do it. They shouldn't need you know a kick in the rear for motivation. Right, they should all be on the same page. And 2024, the national championship game is in Houston, Texas. If you're ever going to do it, if AM's ever going to do it, it's got to be in 2024. When you can guarantee that if you can make it to that top game, you basically have a home game, that all of your top-rated guys are going to be there, all of the freshmen, all the chance to catch up with the portal and catch up with whatever they're doing there get your new offensive coordinator broken in with Bobby Petrino. If, if you can do all of that, then yeah, 2024 should be a special season for you. If you're not going to do it in 2024, you really start to look around and say, where's your better opportunity, right? Is it a couple years down the road when in-state rival Texas is at a couple years in the SEC to prove that they can still play well? And then the, the recruiting momentum shifts for you, because that's probably not going to be that, you know, at, at that point in time, is it when Oklahoma gets adjusted is it, you know, now that the SEC has switched around, there's new powers emerging? Does Georgia stay on top? We don't know. We don't know what it's going to look like in the SEC right now. But 2024, again, it's a now or never. It's got to happen for the Aggies then. Or you really start to look around and say, are we ready to move on from Jimbo? Because I don't know that he's going to take us there if he couldn't do it this year. It's kind of terrifying as an AM grad, right? I mean, like, seeing – Seeing all or nothing in front of you is not ever a really fun feeling, but I mean, you know, you want to be a champion, you gotta, you gotta push through that door, right? You gotta break the glass ceiling. Um, so yeah, we will have a time of reckoning for AM Trey. You're right though. You gotta get there. You gotta survive 2023. And there's a lot of optimism about AM right now. You start listening as preview season starts to kick up. Um, you got a lot of folks that are high on AM that are expecting this new offense under Bobby Petrino to 
to really pay dividends. It seems like the defense is in a really good spot. They've got a lot of new secondary help as well. I would just pray that Durkin goes away from the three-man front because that's never been able to defend the run. And Get some hey, great guess what, guys? in there. Come on. Guess, yeah, come on. Yeah. Well, guess what, guys? You were number one at defending the pass last year. You were near the very bottom in defending the run, and you went five and seven. So clearly defending the pass isn't the key to winning at all costs. you got to have a balanced defense, and that's what a has been known for in the past several seasons is defending the run. You flip the script, and suddenly you're five and seven and don't even make a bowl game. So offensive improvements, defensive adjustments, a whole lot of talent on either side of the ball. I mean, this really should be a very good season for a and building towards you know, a make or break season in 2024. Fellas, I, I think this was fun. I think this was productive. Uh, if you would like to have your comment you know, featured in an upcoming episode, if you want us to, to make this more of a regular segment, hot and cold takes from the Jimmies and the Joes, let us know through tech pod uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube as well. Um, we're really excited about what we have in preview season coming up. Our next episode We'll be previewing the ACC, a divisionless ACC, um, and I'm really excited about that. The research that uh, that we put in so far, I think, is um, is is pretty pretty well thought out. Um, we've we've broken each team down into several segments that I think is going to keep the discussion flowing. And uh, this year, unlike having kind of a division per episode, we're going to do a conference per episode. We'll also cover a group of five teams. Um, as we get closer to week zero. But guys, a big week for us. Transfer Portal CFB Magazine is out. Homefield affiliation is secured. The show goes on here at the 3 Tech, and, uh, and we're really pumped for it. For Trey Reeves, for Garrett Turney, I'm Mitch Mason. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. Until next time, so long, everybody. Gracious, how about that?